The Poets Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Urban Grind Coffee House. What better way than to start your day by grabbing life by the beans? Coffee beans, that is. Visit UrbanGrindAtlanta.com to get coffee delivered right to your doorstep. And be sure to use the discount code POETRY to save 15% on your next pound of coffee. And if you'd like to be a part of the culture and represent the eclectic vibe and positive energy that Urban Grind has to offer, you can choose from our selection of brand new Urban Grind apparel. And if you're in the Atlanta area, make sure you visit Urban Grind for their selection of specialty coffees, sandwiches, and pastries while you get your studying done, working on that million-dollar idea, or just meeting up with friends. Urban Grind Coffee House. Keep grinding. Yo, Lady V. Hello, hello. Can you see me? Can you see me? <laughs> I can see you. Can you see me? Can you hear me? Am I coming through clear for you? Yes, you are. Like, I'm, I'm trying to adjust and everything. Yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah, yeah. Looks good from here. Lady V the Poet, what's going on? I mean, everything's everything. I mean, I, I, this is my first a virtual feature with Urban Grind. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, glad for you to be here. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. It's been a minute. <laughs> we got CEO. video bombers up in the room. CEO Allen Poe, what's happening? What's going on? You know, I'm going to show true support to the Urban Grind ATL. Justin Patton, you're doing your thing. Represent. Salute. Appreciate you, CEO. Appreciate it. So, um, for everybody that doesn't know, um, let me see. I met Lady V. Well, I'm not even sure. I think I've seen her like 10 times before we probably actually met, just running around at open mics. Um, and I know you all were one of the first people to invite me to be a feature in, you know, in my poetry career. So, uh, and I'm actually, I'm not sure we ever got to make that happen because the pandemic, but you guys have been putting on shows for a long time. Um, and you guys have just been staples in the spoken word community as far as creating platforms. Um, so that's my introduction to Lady V. But uh, Lady V, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have been knowing, knowing each other for a while because you've been popping your head into all the different open mics. You were at the smoothie shop at HodgePodge, <laughs> just <Yeah>. everywhere. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm Lady V the poet. I'm a event hostess. I'm a spoken word artist and an event producer here in Atlanta, originally from Augusta, Georgia, involved with the arts in the heart of Augusta there. And, you know, they got a thriving um, spoken word community there as well. But um, I'm also the co-owner of the Art Out Loud ATL event space, Allen Poe Studios right here in Jonesboro. That's where we're at right now. But, you know, I've been doing poetry ever in Atlanta, particularly ever since 2005. Mm. But, you know, living in Augusta or whatnot, I've been doing that since like the late 80s, you know, like right after high school or whatever, I just kind of jumped into the spoken word community. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so Lady V, if you could please uh, warm us up with, with a piece just so uh, the people, you know, know what they in for. Gotta get your poetry snaps, set the mood, set the absolutely, mood. Absolutely. <laughs> All that. <laughs> but this is dedicated to Urban Grime because it's like they really have set a platform for spoken word artists. And like you said, for like, what, 13, 15 years, yeah. it's just, you know, very consistent. So, I mean, I love it when a platform is able to, you know, shine the light on artists and shine the light on poets and musicians for that long. The consistency is key. So this, um, th this poem is called Ode to the Unjaded, and it's dedicated to all the artists and poets in Atlanta and beyond. 
Fire burst in both eyes, sitting at the edge of your seats. Tornadoes spin through heartstrings, rehearsing lines mentally. In character, exaggerated. Explode, then hold back. This stage, wherever it is, becomes the one true shot at freedom. Spotlights illuminate. In this second, no one cares if the money was counted or correct. No one cares if all your merch didn't end up on vendor tables. No one knows your agent. It makes no difference the celebrity names you might know. You are an artist, just like everybody else. The difference is your drive, your specific motivation. Your life and your story is what we gathered in this space to hear. Script me the fairy tale that walks down the streets of your mind. I've been where I've been. Take me with you for a while. Take me to that place where truth is embraced and not judged. Some of us found love only to later have a knife jabbed in our backs. Some of us have cried into the dawn of the next day. The joy that was scheduled to come in the morning sometimes never came at all. When did our spirits fall, the self-absorption molding us over? It's just business, never personal. Local rock star shine quickly fades away. The song and dance that set stages alive now just feels like that old song and dance. The audience fills each chair slowly, knowing exactly what to expect. If the carbon copy is not delivered properly, the family clique will be disbanded. Curtains will close. Microphones set to silent. Shut down all new inspiration and keep all your thoughts the same. No, a time will reappear when the unjaded will rise again. Our throats are strained from yelling, our knuckles raw from the door we've beaten down. No more peaceful protests, we're testing the norm and going to war. Never too late to reinvent. Brand new city, brand new town. Fill the car with freedom riders and blast the music loud. Unjaded voices even falling on deaf ears still make life-changing sounds. <laughs> Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Lady V, that's what I'm talking about. Magnificent as always. I appreciate you uh, warming up the, the mic, if you will. Appreciate that. So you mentioned that you got jumped into the spoken word community right after high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I was writing, you know, back in ninth grade and middle school or whatnot, and my teachers really encouraged me because it's kind of like, you know, you do that whole little April is National Poetry Month, everybody write a poem, and da, da, da. <laughs> but it's like when, you know, I gave my, my poem to the teacher, he's like, man, you know, can you perform this? I mean, oh, this wow. is really good. <laughs> so I'm sitting up here, you know, ninth grade and middle school, we had like, you know, poetry shows in the library in middle school and you know they wanted me to host and so I'm just like oh my gosh so yeah I mean back in the so so was that in Augusta yes Augusta Georgia Martinez Georgia um like Rovetown it's all like five minutes between each other but I was born and raised in Augusta so what was the spoken word community in Augusta like back then once you did get out and start performing well, um, shout out to Coco Rubio. He owns Soul Bar down there. He, I mean, he used to be my Spanish teacher in high school, and now wow. he's a nightclub owner. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's cool. But, but he would have, like, spoken word um, shows and, and, like, poetry slams at the Soul Bar right there on Broad Street in Augusta. So it's just like, you know, you got your stripes, you got your badge of honor or whatever, if you could get up there and not be nervous and nobody booed you off the stage. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So how do you think the poetry scene has changed since then? I believe a lot of people have gotten more confident, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
when I was there, it's kind of like they had their, their strategic four or five different people that always got on stage or whatnot. But now it's, you know, so many different people, you know, shout out to Sleepy Eyes Carter, shout out to Sa Jules and Augusta, shout out to, you know, all, all the rebel poets that are, you know, that's actually their name. They have like a, a collective called like the Rebel Black Art Poets and they get up there. But it's like, you know, in the beginning, everybody was really shy and they're like, no, they're going to throw tomatoes at me yeah. and all. But now they're like, you know, very encouraging and they're they're really out there doing their thing. So shout out to them. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, um. I don't know. For some reason, I have in my mind that spoken word is kind of a, it's kind of a newer, a newer art form, kind of. I guess because most people don't see it on the same level as, like, um, like singers and rappers. Do you do you feel that at all? Do you feel that poetry doesn't get the well, shine, and especially from the perspective of someone like you who's put on variety shows? Uh, do you think people yeah. respect poetry like they do other art forms? Like you mentioned earlier in the other section, I mean, because of people like Amanda Gorman, because of people yeah. like, you know, people that are like Abyss that blends his poetry with his red trumpet and his, his mm -hmm. guitar and his music and everything. It's like, you know, the spoken word artists are now, you know, blending their art with hip hop yeah. and blending their art with you know music and things like that. So. I mean, you turn on the radio sometimes, it's just like, man, you know, they're not really playing, you know, content stuff or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day, you know, shout out to Joyce Littell, she would have her poetry, you know, on, on V103 and everything like that. And people would, you know, blend their poetry with, you know, music just so it could have a wider reach. Mm. So I'm hoping that you know, people, will, you know, will kind of get the ideas like it is poetry. But like B-Rock said, you know, poetry leads to hip-hop, leads to everything else. It's like poetry is the, the foundation, like you said. Absolutely. So I think it was uh, Lauren Doriana who mentioned, she was mentioning the Joyce Littell thing to me as well, that that used to be on the radio and she would have poets on. Yes, mm -hmm. I mean, she went on to host her own, like, I think it's WRFG or whatnot. She was doing that, you know, a late night poetry show. And I'm glad you mentioned her because she actually donated this banner to us wow. and we use it in every single show. So, you know, I love <laughs> that is my girl. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> is that the banner that I see behind you? Yeah, I mean, this is the one that uh, we put up at HodgePodge, yeah. we put up at Mother Bar, we're everywhere. But, you know, one day she just got in my inbox. She's like, well, yeah, you know, I was on Vistaprint. You need a banner? I was like, sure. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. But hey, you guys have been doing your thing. So well-deserved, well-deserved banner, if I say so myself. But um, but Lady B, for you, what what drew you to poetry? What was it about poetry that that not only got you but kept you? Well, it started off, you know, journaling, of course, you know, everybody's got it. And I saw you on Instagram, you have a journal. So I oh, mean, yeah. shout out to you. I mean, you just write down your, yes. I mean, for me, it's like back in, you know, the days or whatever, my teacher, she encouraged us to have a journal and like, you know, some guys, they came in and they like stole my journal. Wow. <laughs> and they like read it and found out who I liked that That's year traumatic. and everything. Like, Isn't, I, that, I, isn't I, that a traumatic <laughs> experience for a young girl? <laughs> yes you, you know you got these secrets in there and you know we didn't have them locked up or no they were just in a little cubby hole on the side they're like oh yeah we know who you like because we read your journal and da, da, da. but i mean it started off with you know writing down all my feelings in my journal and it's kind of like when i got up on stage and i started 
you know, just reading, you know, my poetry that I wrote in my journal and stuff, people would come up to me later and say, thank you for saying that. Oh, my gosh, you said what I was doing. And, you know, they would, you know, encourage me to keep on doing it because if you touch that one person in the audience, you've done your job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you still keep a journal these days? <laughs> I mean, even my sister, she was like trying to, pick, I put a lock on my journal. She's like trying to pick the lock and stuff. Like, you know, wow. what, it, you know, it must be something great about this writing that people really want to, you know, have it. So I started writing books and selling them. I'm like, if you hey. want to, you know, be sneaky, then go ahead and buy my book. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's how you boss up on them right there. So, so you and you and your husband have, have put on uh, a lot of events uh, around the city. So how do you balance between being a creative, like sitting down and doing the work, and then putting together a show, like the administrative duties or, or business duties, if you will? How do you find that balance? Yes, I mean, I mean, you have to make time for it all because really the show is like I start off each show with one of my own poems. Mm -hmm. And it's like I had a goal that like, you know, every month I was going to have a new poem. You're not going to hear like an old poem, mm -hmm. you know, every single month or whatever. So that keeps your writing fresh. You know, I also do creative writing workshops where I have, you know, youth and adults. They, you know, bring out the, it's always keeping your pen fresh and using writing prompts and things like that. So, I, I mean, being an event producer, an event hostess and all of that, that is in one bucket, but you can't just forget about, yeah, you're a poet first. Mm. You know, every, everybody, this one person came up to me at a show, they're like, oh, you're a poet too? I was like, no, I was a poet before I was, you know, anything else. Is there any <laughs> so you definitely have to, you know, remember that you're an artist mm. and, you know, bring your, your artistry into everything else that you're doing because it only expands it. Okay, does it ever... Um... Has it ever gotten lost in that? Have you ever gotten bogged down with the business side to maybe it was blocking you creatively? Have you ever felt that? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a, a OCD perfectionist sometimes. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, you know, the, if the details aren't right, I don't really want to be involved in it at all. It's just like, you know, if the details of the show aren't right, I, I really sit down and think about, okay, who is on my open mic list? You know, do I have my my digital forms of payment ready? Do I have, you know, before I walk in the door, I want to be highly prepared. But then, you know, before the show starts, I'm back in the bathroom saying my poem to the mirror, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so you still, you have to make, you have to make, you know, make the time to be, you know, the poet. And then you have to get up on stage and like, well, you know, I'm going to do my poem. And now I'm the door manager. Now I'm the, you know, <laughs> I'm the hostess. I'm everything else. Because once, once you get organized like that, the people say, well, man, she's a multifaceted talent. I really respect that. Right. And I want to, uh, and I just want to make it clear for everybody that's tuned in, everybody that's watching, uh, a lot of poets put on shows, but you have been one of the few poets who have done it very consistently over years. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. People have put in shows, it's been consistent, but I think you've been one, at least since I've been in Atlanta, I've been in the spoken word community. I know you've been putting on shows consistently. So I'm not just talking to someone who's done a couple of shows just for, you know, anybody who might not be familiar. This is somebody that's got years of experience, years in the game. So how long was it before? <laughs> yeah, I just got to make sure, you know, give people their flowers. But uh, how long was it before, how long were you performing before you decided you wanted to create your own platforms and, and give other artists opportunities? 
Um, well, like I said, I, I came to Atlanta in 2005. And so, uh, I mean, I, was, I started my first job and everything like that. And, and I noticed, well, my coworkers kind of noticed that I was on Facebook all the time trying to promote my poetry at work and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, that's really, I don't encourage that because that'll get you in trouble at a corporate <laughs> job. Don't do that. <laughs> but it, was, it was, you know, shout out to um, Lee Finocchio. Lee Finocchio is a, is a um, guy that was at my first job and he's an Italian Act, actor actually and he's just like you know you have such passion whenever you talk about poetry whenever you you know bring spoken word up whenever you talk about other people's poetry your eyes light up and you just get like really into it. it's like why don't you start your own business I said well you know I don't know nothing about that I, I've never you know started an LLC or did anything that anything like that but he's just like you know you can get on YouTube, you can get on, you know, all, all the research articles online or whatever, you can figure out how to do it because if you do it, your heart is going to be in it. Mm. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and so from that encouragement, you know, that, that kind of older Italian actor back in 2005, he was, you know, he gave me the encouragement to go ahead and just, just start my own business and have, you know, the meetup groups and have the different platforms and stuff like that. And then people were, you know, I, I was kind of scared in the beginning, like nobody's going to support this. Nobody's going to, mm. but then, you know, everybody started coming and they started, uh. you know, just, you know, sending me emails, can I be on the open mic and all this type of thing. So it's really started rolling from there. I get a lot of encouragement from people that say that I have like passion for what I do. So you might as well expand it. Wow. Build it and they will come. Right. Yes. Build it right. And they will come. It's like sometimes you build and it's like, you know, it's not organized as crap. And then, you know, it, right. it doesn't last but for two months. Right. Right. True. True. And, and I want to go back for a minute. And excuse me. I know I'm jumping around all over the place. But um, but what inspired or who are some of the poets that inspired you? And so I know, like, for me coming along, you know, I mean, I didn't even really get introduced to spoken word poetry until I saw like Deaf Poetry Jam. And so those were the poets I knew that had like national recognition. Uh, but back when you started in Augusta, were there any poets that were like doing it on like a national stage? I mean, the, the biggest names back in the day that are still big names now, and I'm just like, you know, that's that's consistency Very for you. So. I mean, Sleepy Eyes Carter is just like a ball of energy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see him perform, it's like he is from one side of the stage to the other. He's like, you know, really, you know, giving his all when it comes to, he becomes the poem. So, you know, my first poet, when I went out to Soul Bar, just to see, you know, he was just like, you know, on the scene and he was just taking over pretty much in Augusta. I think he's like the poet laureate of Augusta or something like that. But, oh, wow. but definitely sleep. I, was like, I, I give, I tilt my tiara to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I mean, him and, and also, um, I think there was, I think his brother Trav in Augusta, he still has like a radio show and, you know, his, his wife and everything. So he, he puts on a lot. He puts on a lot of poets because he exposes them to different arenas. It's like he hosts shows there. He has a radio show and he does like a lot of things to just, you know, expand poets in Augusta. So, I mean, I, shout, I really give, you know, the, uh, you know, peace out for that. That's really cool. Got you. OK, OK. So tell me this. What what are some things that inspires a Lady V poem. Like, do you, and I guess by that I mean, like, do you, when you sit down to write, is it, is that when you come up with an idea or do you usually go about your day and an idea comes, you like, oh, you know, and, and run with that? Or, so how does, uh, how do poems formulate for you? 
I write a lot of observation poems. <laughs> it's just like, you know, if I'm sitting there, you know, I have the back of envelopes, I have the back of, you know, old bills and stuff like that with like poem titles on them. <laughs> and so, I mean, some of my poems, they come from my crazy dreams. For some reason, it's like, you know, I had this one crazy dream where people were coming into my house and like they had on ski masks and they were just taking everything out of my house and I couldn't do nothing about it. I'm like, there's a poem in here. There's a poem in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, you know, you can really find poetry in anything. It's like you go on Facebook, you got all these Facebook news articles going all the time or whatever. It's like you kind of step back and say, what's what's my perspective of that? What's my perspective of the people that are climbing the the wall at the Capitol? What is my, you know, what is my perspective of, you know, the stuff that is happening in the world and then you sit down and you write your story about it. And that that's the unique part that's going to help somebody else. It's like, don't copy anybody else. They want to hear your unique voice about what's happening in your world. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people forget that because, you know, we get caught up in, in our ego. We want to sound good. So we try to emulate these people forgetting the unique thing that we have to bring to the platform. And, and that's what people want. Um, so what would you, how would you describe your style of poetry? Well, you said you write a lot of observational poetry. Is that, mm -hmm. is that how you would describe your style? I would say observational. I would say unpredictable also. <laughs> I mean, I used to be the poet and it's just like, you know, I'm the light skinned poet with no dreadlocks and I get up there <laughs> with like, you know, my shoes on. And, <laughs> you know, they look at <laughs> I mean, but there are a lot of people that like cut me out because it's like, oh yeah, she, you know, she ain't got nothing to say because she don't look like the traditional poet with like, you know, I'm not getting up there and, you know, do it. I do my poetry snaps. I do that. But it's just like, they don't really know what is going to come out of my mouth. And I like that. I like the fact that you can't, you know, predict that I may come up there with an erotic poem. I may come up there with, you know, like a, a observational poem or like it's something for the youth or whatever. But, you know, some people, they get up on stage that you know exactly what they're going to say. <laughs> I don't never want to be that poet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you go into an open mic, do you already have, if you go in there with the intentions of spitting something, do you already have what you've gone? Do you come in there prepared or do you fill out the crowd or, or how do you decide what point to perform? Well, I, well I, I took a tip from, uh, you know, shout out to Poppy Picasso. I took a tip from him and I wrote down, I typed in my phone, like all the poems I have memorized. I have like 20 poems memorized. And, you know, usually I'm like near the middle. Whenever I sign the list for some reason, they call me near the middle of the end. I listen to everybody else. And I'm just like, okay, well, the, the kind of the vibe is going here. The theme is going here. I'm going to go way left and go somewhere totally different. <laughs> okay. So I love it when they don't put me first because then I can't, like, gauge the crowd or whatever. But, you know, if I'm in the middle of the open mic or near the end, I'd be like, okay, well, they're talking all this love and stuff like that. I don't get up there and be like, okay, my poem is called Love Sucks, and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, switch the energy. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, and shout out to Bobby Picasso. He'll be, uh, he'll be on here in a couple weeks, so. Shout out Papi Picasso. Um, so you've seen, you've heard a lot of poems, put on a lot of shows. Is there open mic etiquette? Does that exist to you? <laughs> it should. <laughs> <laughs> open mic etiquette, huh? I mean, for the for the um, person that's hosting the show, or for the for the poet? For, more for oh. uh, more for the poets. Um, and, oh, okay. and I just uh, asked that to like, uh, just to help get people game, like for people who might not be familiar with walking into open mics or, or people that want to, or want to get into spoken word, um, what would you tell them about walking into an open mic? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to get tomatoes thrown at me. But <laughs> I mean, I, if, if this person is watching, then, you know, they'll know I'm talking about them. But <laughs> when you go to an open mic and someone else is the feature, don't go in there and like move their stuff off the table and put your stuff uh -huh. there. Because <laughs> that is just rude. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and so, I mean, I was just shocked and they got mad at me. It was like, well, you know, I have books to sell. I said, but this person that I've paid to be here, you know, drove all the way from wherever they came from. And this is their table. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it's really rude if you know someone else's feature, even if you have a book, if you have product to sell, just get up and do your piece and be like, yes, yeah, see me after for this book. But don't try to like, you know, display it on the on top of the feature stuff. <laughs> so that's one tip I can say. But um, wow, yeah, the only bold. thing Yes. <laughs> the only other thing I can say is, you know, definitely, you know, don't try to copy somebody else's style like we were talking about before. It's just like people are there to see and be inspired by different people and different styles. So that's because, you know, somebody else's poem got a lot of claps and all god god god. I mean, don't get up there and try to be just like them because we've already seen them. They want to right. see you. My, my motto is be you to the fullest. So that, that's, that's what I, I really live by. And that's a, that's a good point. And, and I've, uh, I want to bring this up because I've had this conversation with a couple poets. So I want to get your perspective on it. What is the balance between reading the room and doing something that you know people are going to like or doing something like we mentioned earlier and like kind of changing the energy in the room. What's kind of the balance between that? If, if there is a balance at all. I think the best thing that you need to remember is like, even if you've done the poem 50 times, do it like you just like the first time you've ever done. I've, I've heard mm -hmm. some poets get up on stage and it's like, that's their signature piece, but they sound bored when they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, don't ever be like, oh, I'm going to do this poem because y'all like it or whatever. And then just be like going through the motions. You have to, you know, put your energy into it, even if you've said it like a thousand times. You know, when, when you think about Michael Jackson, when you think about Prince or whatever, it's just like they've done those songs like over and over and over and over again because that's the crowd's favorite. But every time you see it, it's just like, man, you know, it blows you away. Like it's the first time they've ever done it. So I think that's the real key to, to remember is just like, you know, don't be so bored with your own poetry. If you're bored with your own poetry, you need to write some new stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you're bored with it and you say it bored, imagine what the crowd's going through. You know, we're probably right years <laughs> off at that point. So, <laughs> so I completely understand that. Um, so other than other than, you know, poetry being, you know, your profession and vocation, what role does poetry play for you personally? Because I know for me, like I gotta, I have to, before I make big decisions or before I do anything, I feel like I need to write about it. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's just kind of like how I go through life. Like I just gotta write about it. So for you, what role does poetry play? I mean, poetry right now plays a role in my, you know, creating a business. It's just mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm not so cold-hearted to think of that, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're a poet. You're just out there to get money. It's like, no, poets aren't really that millionaire. <laughs> you know, right. but it's, it's, it's the fact that, you know, I know that I'm an artist, but I also know that I have, you know, a marketing degree from a mm -hmm. accredited college. I, I know that I have, it's a business administration degree with emphasis on marketing. 
So my, my older sister once, she's like, you know, you're not even using your degree. I'm like, really? <laughs> it's just like, you know, with, with all the poetry, and with all the poetry that I do, it's kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to use my marketing skills to, you know, bring people out to the shows. I'm going to use my business administration skills to make sure that, you know, whenever I write a description for an event is, you know, entertaining and people will be like, oh, yeah, I want to come to that or whatnot. But, you know, you have to blend the artistry with the business or it just won't work. <laughs> it's like some people, yeah. they have all the talent in the world, but they need to hire an accountant or they need to hire a secretary or they need to hire an assistant. You know, once it all blends together, poetry to me is just like, you know, it's a way to, to heal from the stuff that I'm you know going through in life and everything like that. But also it's a way for me to expand my business and provide this platform to other poets and other artists and other singers and other, other people doing their thing. So what's your favorite part about it all? Because you wear a lot of hats. So is it the writing? Is it the performing? Is it the putting together, a, producing a show? What's the favorite part for you? I mean, like I said, before the pandemic. <laughs> oh, you was rocking and rolling. I can just like, you know, that. Before, after. was rocking and rolling. <laughs> I mean, the best part about it for me is like when, when people like, um, his name is Damon Green, when people like Poetry Parlor get in my inbox and say, well, you know, it's not just the open mic for me. Y'all provide opportunities to me. And that's why I rock with y'all. You know, I'm just like, wow, you know, that, that makes me feel I have, you, you know, some some people have sent me inbox messages like Nikki Gray and um, um, let, let's see. Row Wright in New Orleans. He called. He goes by Pastor Row now. But I mean, they send me messages like, you know, your your open mic shows have opened up so many opportunities for me. You know, you thought it was just a show or whatever, but now I'm on HBO and now I'm on, you know, all all this other wow. stuff because I had the confidence to be at the Do You Lyric Lounge. I'm like, oh my god. So the best part for me is, you know, number one, getting my artistry out there, but definitely. You know, a, a close second is to provide these platforms that propel other people. You know, I, I always like to say shout out to the Buckhead Boys because they, they came out to, you know, Hotline of Yoga or whatnot. Nobody really knew who the Buckhead Boys were or whatnot. But it's like after that, they're doing stuff in, in L.A. and, wow. you know, New York and all types of places. I'm just like, oh, because you came to the Unleashed Open Mic. Oh, really? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so that's a, I, I love the fact that I can, you know, open up doors for other people. Yeah, and again, shout out to you guys. I think a lot of the times, especially being in Atlanta, where it's kind of an entertainment hub, uh, we can take these open mics for granted sometimes. But the fact that before the pandemic, I mean, almost seven days a week, I could go perform poetry almost. So so that's a blessing, man. Yes. So uh, so just want to remind everybody that's tuned in, man, always support your local open mics uh, any way you can, even if you're not there performing. Make sure you pop up every now and then just to, you know, support the poetry. Uh, so, so yeah, that's important. So again, what y'all do is, uh, is so important, but, uh, but Lady V, how many books have you written? I have, well, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have my first, uh, well, actually my latest books with me right now. Okay. And this one is probably, you can read it backwards or whatnot, but it's Ink Blots on I-20, Reflective Poetry Collection by Lady V the Poet, that's on Amazon. But this is kind of like a life, love, heartache, art, and observations and reflections. So that's the five different chapters in here. Ink blots on I-20. And then the other one is still fabulous. <laughs> Reclaiming your inner goddess after a breakup. <coughs> and so that one is more like a blend of 
self-help plus poetry plus getting over that ex that you can't stand. <laughs> and, you know, you have to clear out all those ghosts and shadows before you find the love of your life, whether it's, you know, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or whatever you're doing. You can't keep all that baggage in because that's going to mess up your current relationship. So, you know, shout out to Alan Poe. He's the, he's the great ending of, of that book, you know. <laughs> I had to clear out all that baggage before I, I met the love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out Alan Poe, shout out CEO. <laughs> so I was actually watching your interview that you did with Milk, and you, I think you said, I think you said the first one was your favorite. Is that the book where it's like uh, experiences about like what you've been through and things like that? The one before those two is called Imagination Overload, and he's really in love with that title. <laughs> like <laughs> that Imagination Overload was. was published in I believe 2007 yeah that was like my first book out of every everything I've ever written Imagination Overload was the very first book wow okay so so that's your baby so but I'm guessing uh I'm guessing that you'll have more books on the way is would that be an accurate yeah I'm, I'm definitely working on one now it's a humongous surprise so you know once okay. it comes out I'm definitely gonna let you know but I can't say nothing about it now <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, definitely. So, uh, but I'm gonna just go ahead and let you know whenever, uh, whenever you get ready and you want to put together some press, you always have a platform here uh, to come and promote. Thank always, you. no problem, no problem. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Lady V, I think, um, I think that's really uh, all I got, man. Is is someone actually? But I do want to ask you one more question, and I feel like I can ask you this because you've read a lot of poems. You've you've been in the spoken word community for. You know, you got years in the game. So to you, what makes what makes a good spoken word artist? What separates what separates somebody from being good to the next level? In your opinion? Mm. Let's see. Let's see. What makes a good sp spoken word artist? I believe the one character trait is that you're not afraid to say what what's in your heart. There's a lot of spoken word artists that kind of hold back and they're like, I don't know what they're going to think of this and all of this type of thing. But I mean, when you look at people like Queen Sheba, when you look at people like Teresa the Songbird, when you look at people like, you know, Abyss, when you look at you, you know, Thank it's you. just kind of like, when you look at Mr. B-Rod, you know, Absolutely. it's kind of like those people, when they get up on stage, they're saying exactly what's in their spirit, exactly what's in their soul. So it's just like, you know, the person that gets up there, they're, you know, holding their paper in front of their face and they're scared to, you know, address the audience or whatnot. They need to kind of practice more. They need to, you know, get get more comfortable with it before you share your art to an audience. But it's like the the ones that they get up there and you can say, you know, they're fearless. Those are the ones that are that get remembered. Mm, absolutely. Everybody, I hope y'all heard that. The ones that are fearless get remembered. That's a quote right there. That's the hashtag. That's the bumper sticker for the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Lady V, I truly appreciate it. Um, so do you guys have any shows or anything? Are you guys doing shows right now? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. It's like um, we went on a high. You were supposed to feature at the March March show of 2019. Yep. I think it was or, or 2020. I think it was last year. But um, that whole hiatus went by. And on February the 13th, 
will be at our brand new events, event space right here in Jonesboro, February 13th, 530 to 8 p.m. And we'll be putting up, it's already on the meetup group and everything okay. like that. I'll put it in the chat after I get, get off. But um, yeah, we're having an open mic variety show. It's going to have food. It's going to have, you know, original music by CEO Alan Poe, hosted by myself. So it's called the, um, the Art Out Loud ATL Open Mic Variety Show. I love me first edition. Hey. You can't love anybody else before you love yourself first. Hey, that's important. That's important. So is this y'all's first show since the pandemic or have you guys started up uh, prior to this? Well, we did a business launch for DJ Frizz Beats on January 23rd. And I mean, yeah, and I, he and brought I his, that, by the way. It looked like there was a lot of heavy hitters there. Yes, I mean, he had a whole lineup of just, you know, very fabulous artists there. And, and I mean, he was introducing his brand new business, uh, Hearts Through Hands LLC. Yeah. But um, that was pretty, I wasn't hosting that event. I was, I mean, this is yours. I was, I was just kind of sitting back. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to host. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was um, program coordinator, Sincere. Sincere is always at the Black Dot Cultural Center out there. So, I mean, that was something that he, he was kind of like our client. He came in, anybody can rent, our, rent out our space to do, you know, spoken word shows or workshops or whatnot. So if you want to have like an intimate type of thing you know we, we were allowing 40 people capacity no no more than that we're keeping it safe okay but um that was january 23rd but on february 13th that'll be our first event you know art out loud atl event so everyone's invited you know if you get your tickets early you get a reserved seat you're not letting anybody over 40 person capacity come in so you got to get your tickets early awesome awesome lady v uh ceo I appreciate you guys uh, always. I appreciate everything you guys do for the spoken word community. You guys have been uplifting it, and, and it's beautiful to see. So, uh, so thank you all for for existing in this space and, and what you bring to it. Thank you for coming on here, gracing us on the platform with your poetry and uh, and all the game you've given. Uh, so, if you have uh, anything else that you'd like to tell the people. Yes, I do. I see your poster back there, the poetry for the hopefully. Yes. <laughs> and I want to let you know that in our event space, we have, it's kind of like an artist lounge and it's kind of like a, a artist consignment shop. So we already have Chi Chi, our worries book in our artist shop. We already have, you know, we're going to have B, Mr. B Rock's products over there. If you would like to put your book in our, in our store over there, then let us know because oh, every you. time we have a show afterwards, they're going to go over to the shop and be like, oh, I know this guy. I know that guy. So de definitely, if you want to, you know, put your books in our store, then let us know. And I'm, I'm, you know, putting that out for everybody that has CDs or books or whatnot. So we really want to do that for the artists. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, uh, so Lady B, again, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and hopefully I will see you all soon. All right, then. Thank you so much for this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>